so before we get started with topics or anything else, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that John Witherspoon passed away earlier this morning. Um, Baylor, what's your favorite John Witherspoon role, moment, whatever? It's got to be... I think a lot of people remember him mostly through the Friday movies, and that's just a collective of older cats with the new generation. Um, I'm just going to say his overall typecast character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can't, I can't really pick. You know, because you know him playing the uh, uh, pops on uh, Boondocks, and then you got Friday, uh, you got House Party. Like, all of it is the same person, but he does it so well. You got the Wayne Brothers. Um, I would probably say I would probably have to go with the Wayne Brothers. Okay. Uh, my my favorite moment, because like you said, most of his roles are very similar, are all shades of the same person. Um, but my favorite moment from him was definitely in Friday with the whole um, – uh, you kids are punks, you're afraid to get knocked out, but you live, you mm-hmm. live to fight. That whole speech – is is powerful like because i me and my dad used to sit around and watch friday anytime like nothing was on or we just had a moment so there's something special about that movie in general but that speech specifically sounds so much like my dad um that it that i think there's a lot in that especially nowadays when you see everyone turning to gun violence and we shooting each other so uh, i think that's my favorite moment from john witherspoon um but yeah one of the deepest messages that that we always stuck to exactly exactly and then like in a movie that's largely comedic uh he did have the most the most powerful like real life speech um and it was a great moment um and i think too for like anyone who's not as familiar with like all his work i know boondocks wayne brothers friday probably the most things he's recognized for but baylor we were talking before we recorded he was also he was on the richard Pryor show he popped up on the episode of the incredible hawk good times (laughs) 227 um, house party mount yeah house party martin uh correct me if i'm wrong but i think he he didn't he wasn't he a voice on the proud family as well i'm not sure i why because I, I was in and out of the proud family okay so okay. i'm not sure but that's some that's some research yeah you know how you know how we do you know how our community <laughs> do as soon as somebody died we go back to the archives and yeah. you know so i said i t- I, t- I tweeted earlier like I, I watch the Martin reruns. I think we all do. We watch the yeah. Martin reruns, and we already know the Wayne Brothers and Jamie Foxx is right after that. So it's gonna hit different when you see pops on the screen now. Absolutely, absolutely. Miss Mary's in the building. Mary, we are talking about our favorite John Witherspoon moments um, and roles. If you have have one, but what's your what's your favorite one with them? Sheesh. I mean, oh, did we lose Mary? Right. Um, I'm probably not sure. No. <laughs> Am I lost? Uh oh. Okay, you're there. We got you. We got you. Or do we? So I, I was saying that Boomerang was where I first saw him. Um, and obviously that was a classic role. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he probably was in that movie for all of five minutes, but you remember those five minutes. Um, and also I think I was feeling myself because my, my parents took me to the movies to see Boomerang because they were those parents that couldn't get a babysitter so they bought their kid to see inappropriate and yeah <laughs> i felt like i was grown uh, i was probably like seven years old uh house party was another one that, that i think a lot of people forget he was in um but again he was fucking hilarious as the neighbor who was like calling the cops <laughs> um, mm-hmm. um and i mean obviously friday he really became like 
everybody in the hood's dad in that role. Um, I mean, although it had some hilarious moments, I think it definitely, like, you know, the whole speech she gave about not using guns and, like, you know, fighting with your fists and you live to fight another day, like, definitely, I think, you know, I, I mean, it's... It's one. If there was a list, now now I'm probably about to get your juices flowing, <laughs> of like top movie scenes that impacted the culture. That one would definitely be on it. Yeah. Um, but I think for long-standing shit for me, he it would be his role as pops on the Wayans Brothers. Like I live. I mean, yeah. I was. Uh, I don't know if anybody else watched the Wayne Brothers like I did, but I could recite that shit verbatim back in my teenage years. So, yeah, I mean, he that role was was everything for me. So I'm really sad. Yeah. Not on, not only that though. What about the fact that in every role he played, he was basically a a living role model though. That's true. For real. If you paid attention to the jobs he had, he went to work. He had a wife. Spoke on a wife. You know what I mean? So. Yes. Facts, facts. Yeah, John Witherspoon is that uncle or that father figure for some that we all wish that we had. Um, mm-hmm. Like the 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 mix of comedy, acting a fool, and being able to give a give you a lesson when you need it. Um, yeah, it's just powerful. And I think maybe the newer generation knows him more from Boondocks. I guess. Like I, I, yeah. I I'm guessing that's probably where my kids know him more from. But he's had a lot of iconic roles. So. Yep. I'll tell you one thing. I've become interested in his son as a result of his passing. I mean, he's a part of a podcast, too, it seems. He has a YouTube show that seems to have a pretty strong following. I don't know. His Twitter feed was kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) J.D. Witherspoon. I have to check it out. Yeah. He's taken over John Witherspoon's Twitter for his pop in his memory. So, yeah. That's what's up. Stuff. I was wondering who was tweeting from his Twitter account. Um, but yeah, that's so just I, I wanted to start it off with just talking about John Witherspoon and our favorite moments because I know everyone's feeling it. Um, but let's let's actually start the podcast and get into the topics and the news for this week. You guys ready? Yep. Always ready. <laughs> Even when I'm not here. Welcome to the Breaks Radio. let's get into it so the first one and we'll talk about kanye's album a little bit later in the show but kanye mentioned something that i wanted to talk about so he talked about the culture and the democratic party and said that we're brainwashed by these things it was a much longer clip that he that he talked about so anyone who's like seen the clip that's going around social media go and actually try to watch the video if you have the time but he 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 drops some very knowledge, like it's typically what Kanye does. He drops some knowledge in it. Then he also says some shit that is just like, Kanye, what the fuck are you talking about? Did you guys get a chance to to see this clip? Or what do you think about his comments of saying that we're brainwashed? I seen the, um... go ahead, Mary, you got it. Oh, no. I said, it's not the first time that he's said that. So, I mean, this is how he justifies his little crazy antics like supporting Trump and being a part of the Kardashians and all that other shit. So, I mean, I will say that I I don't know how deep we're going into politics on this show, but we as a country are brainwashed. I think the whole political system is bullshit. 
Um, I think our division, and it needs to be done away with, because I do think when you're a minority or a woman, you automatically are trained to feel like the Democratic Party is your party. Um, and that isn't always the case, especially when it comes to local politics, um, and, which is where you really are most impacted in your day-to-day. -day. So that's the one little bit of truth that there is in that, I think. And I'm only speaking from observation. But Kanye is still a motherfucker. <laughs> so... <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Baylor, you can follow that one up, my brother. <laughs> I don't know. Shit. Um, no, look. I think he's correct, though. You know, but like Mary said, he does it. He says his shit and then turns around and is either some Trump shit or some Kardashian shit. And it's like the message that he puts out there, most of it we know already, but, you know, hearing it from him. Uh, with the platform that he has, it is refreshing. But at the same time, it's like, really, nigga? Yeah. Really? You know? But, I mean, he's a he's absolutely right. And the But the sad part is we already know this. We know this. I'm, I'm, I'm brainwashed to a couple of things. I still have to figure it out. But I know I am. You know, I'm, I, I was walking around in baggy pants at one point. You know? <laughs> so I get it. You know, the whole pink thing, at first I was against it. Until Cam was like, no, nigga, this is pretty cool. And then yeah. I said, you know what, Cam? You're absolutely right. <laughs> I think it is. So I get it, you know? So, I'm, I mean, we're all brainwashed. We know that. How we handle it, no, nah, that's another discussion. Yeah, and, and I think, too, it's, it's, it's difficult sometimes to take from Kanye because while we are brainwashed, he's brainwashed by the other side. Like, he even admitted it at one point. What he, he said that his... He was being used for causes that he didn't believe in, and he realized it. And it's like he went away for a while, and you come back, you're on the same shit. So, like, what the what the fuck happened? Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, he's definitely brainwashed by the Kardashians. And when you see somebody who's gone so far from where they started off with in Kanye, it's like, all right, you have the. This is why it's important as who delivers the message as as it is the message itself. Because if somebody yep. else delivered the same message, it would be taken a little bit easier. But because it's coming from Kanye of all people, it's looked at as like, dude, just shut the fuck up. Like, just shut up because we're tired of your Trump shit. Um, and we're just tired of like, and don't get me wrong. Like, we're all conflicted people. We all have our things that we may contradict ourselves on from time to time. But like with Kanye, it's just like, dude, you can literally see an interview with Kanye one night, 24 hours later, see a different interview. And it's like a whole different person. So, and I get it. He's bipolar. I understand it. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just over Kanye. I'm over Kanye. I'm over Trump. I'm over all the shit right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, the, like we all said, the message was accurate. It's just who it's coming from. Yeah. There you go. Anything left on this one before we move on? <laughs> You know we came straight for the shits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we're gonna get into the shits this week, but uh, the next one: Jordan Lucas and Eminem, a snippet of well, a reported snippet from a song titled "What If I Was Gay" leaked, and I'm surprised this one didn't blow up more than what it did. Um, especially because anytime it seems like Eminem and the word "gay" are, are linked into the same topic, people just go into uproar. But what do you think about? Did you guys get to hear the clip? Uh, Baylor, I come to you first on this one. Did what do you what do you think about the message in the song? I didn't hear I didn't hear the clip, but just reading about it, uh -huh. 
and what happened like a couple of days prior to that uh, about Eminem calling out, well, not actually calling out, but actually responding to Lord Jamar. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, all right, all this is a setup. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, obviously, there's an album to be released. Yeah. And we know Eminem's history with, um, you know, I, I, I'm trying to be pit- politically correct <laughs> about saying it. Um, but yeah, we know what it is. Yeah, we know what it is. Absolutely. But at the same time, though, I will not be surprised if Lucas or Eminem came out and said that they was gay and actually meant it. I wouldn't. You make a good point there, Mary. You want to follow that one up? I think it's fucked up. Um, I didn't hear the clip either. I just read the same probably feedback that that Baylor saw. Um, but I feel like. Do not try to capitalize off of such a sensitive topic. Like, I feel like we still are not out of the woods yet with the gay shit. So just stop. And as much as he used to say, hey, Barry, I don't like anybody today. Barry got like some shit that can go in his shirt. She said, we're not out the woods yet with this just gay stop. shit. God, dog it, boy. You got to love Barry. That shit is. But we're not. Yeah. And as much as he used to drop like the fag bomb and all the other shit that he used to say, like, like he kind of used to target gay when he was his prime. Yeah. I feel so. But he did. But he also had the Elton John cameo. Though. Remember that? Yeah. But, but, mm. That was a stunt anyway, to to, to prove that he wasn't homophobic. Go. But but that but, right. but that's my point though. Right. That's my point though. They're using it like Mary like Mary's point. Go ahead and finish, Mary. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So don't try to make a whack ass comeback by using the gay community to do it. Like it's just corny to me. And Not we talked. Yeah, and we we talked about it before with like Tyler the Creator. Like, don't use the the whole gay community as a as a form of cheap publicity for for you musically. And I feel like there are certain artists that do it. Again, I, I like literally the snippet I heard was like 30 seconds long. So it's hard to get a, a good gauge of what the message of the song is um, from that. But even reading it, it's like both of these guys are too talented, I think, to do that. If you're going to come out as gay, then just come out as gay. Like, let's 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 stop with the publicity. Um, but as far as like with with Joyner, it's like I get it. Joyner ADHD has had six singles. I've counted them. We have no release date. My thing is, is what's left on the fucking album to even release. And that, that's kind of the topic that I wrote in here, too, is still no release date for ADHD. But at the same time, don't use the gay community um, to hopefully get yourself a release date or to get more notice on something like just deliver good music. And Joyner is one of the people of the new class I I held in higher regard than that. I didn't think he needed stunts like this to promote his album, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the beef with Tory didn't work for him, so maybe this is the next step. And I feel like he's dragging this shit out, though. Like, just drop the damn album already. Right. Because eventually, I'm going to be like, well, drop whenever you're going to drop that. I understand that sometimes it's not in their hands. Sometimes it's the record label that could be holding He's independent, back. though. Oh, well, then in that case, what the fuck <laughs> shit, Dan, sir? <laughs> what the fuck? I, 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 I had an idea of him. I had an idea of of him actually staying independent, but at this point, I thought he was actually with a uh, a label. No, he's he's independent, fully on his own at this point. So it's like, what's you have no no big label to blame it on? Like, what the? Where is the fucking album at? Like, I feel Unless like he. He's I feel like to he still re- build up his character. You think? He, it could because you know he don't hit. You, that, you know he's not hitting like you think. We suppo- like he's supposed to be. Yeah, I think true. he's talented too. Yeah. But he's not at that point where. 
you're not about to drop a lemonade on us. That's yeah. not about to happen. Yeah. What do you think, Mary? What do you think about Joyner, like, his career, not having a release date for his album? Do you think, is can Joyner just drop an album? I don't think he can. No. I doubt you do. Too. Oh, well, okay, fuck. <laughs> I feel like you're, like, the biggest fan of his that I know. <laughs> That's fair. No, that's fair. Yeah, no. Me yeah. me and uh yeah. me and Hayes is, is top three and yeah. I'm not number one. <laughs> that's right. fair. I, I'd say that is accurate. So yeah, he definitely dropping no lemonade. <laughs> Good luck with that. And aligning with Eminem might not even be a great thing for him. <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, it, it, I don't know if that's the move in 2019 is to align yourself with Eminem. I, I would really, I don't, I don't know what like. And yeah, I'm a huge Joyner fan. I don't, but I can admit like, I I love his songs. None of them are like single. So he tried to do the joint with Timberland that was fun. It was a fun joint, but it's not going to be a single that goes anywhere. Like, my thing is at this point. Like, just go to the Dave East route. Stop fucking chasing the, the... You're not gonna have it. At least not with this album. Not right now. Just deliver quality music. If you happen to catch that mainstream hit, then you happen to catch it. But focus on just delivering music that speaks to you. And I feel like he's chasing after something that's not here. And, like, he had that fucking the billboard pop up. Like, dude, we know you, you spent all the money that you've made on that fucking billboard in New York. Like, stop it. Nobody's checking for you like that. Just just drop the good music, man. Drop the mic on that one, man. What you want? What you want us to do after that age? You just went off. All right, let's get into the next topic. So Chance the Rapper was on SNL, and by all, at least it looks like on social media, people loved it. I have this theory, and I think I said it on my podcast this week. For a while, I thought I said it in our last episode, but I think it was on my podcast last week that Chance the Rapper is going to be the next Fresh Prince, and by that I mean. In five year, five ten years from now, he's gonna be doing something acting wise, and we're not even gonna be thinking about music for from Chance the Rapper. That's what I completely believe because he, as like an actor, as like doing this, this improv shit, he killed it in my opinion. What do you What do you guys think? No, that shit was funny. Yeah, that shit was dead funny. Uh, almost you could uh, quit your day job. Funny. He needs to, but that's that's just my opinion. <laughs> So I, I agree with your statement, but I think that another thing that he shares in common with Will Smith is that he's corny. So, yeah, yeah. he can definitely be like like the Fresh Prince. I can see that. I think, I'm, and I'm not putting him on this level, I'm not, and I'm not comparing him to who everybody would think of when I say this, but if he just stuck to features oh, and yeah. the acting, he would kill that shit. Because I think he's talented enough to, I mean, he's a dope artist. I'm not really into him like that, but I can see his talent and his skills. Mm -hmm. If he was just to stick with acting and then pop up on a couple of verses here and there on some dope, um, some dope tracks. I mean, shit, some dope singles. He could kill it, man. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I really do think and. People have called me crazy for it, but I really do think Chance the Rapper's ultimate lane is going to be acting. Just That's just what I see for him. Um, and we talked about his last album. I don't think any of us were too overly impressed with it. And I'm not saying he's a bad rapper at all, but I just think that it's rapping isn't special for Chance the Rapper. What he does comedically is special for a rapper turned actor, so I can see that more for him. Yeah. It, to me, it's kind of like, like the role player... Uh, on an NBA team, you know how Cassidy be like, man, he's sorry, but he'll bust your ass, though. Yeah. <laughs> so when you sit up there and talk about, like, like for me, I can sit up there and say, 
Rapping wise, it's not my taste. But I'm not about to battle him. <laughs> that nigga will destroy <laughs> That's a me. Fact. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. Anything left, Mary, on that one before we move on? No, I agree <laughs> with everything you guys said. Cool. Uh, this next one, uh, this last one before we get into our TV recaps for the week. But uh, Snoop Dogg and uh, Punch from TDE were on a re- revolt summit in L.A. And Snoop Dogg had mentioned that TDE is a better version of Death Row which Punch Punch was completely taken aback by. And it's funny because Snoop previously has said that TDE wasn't the new Death Row. So to see him like come off that and really respect what they're doing, um, it was was a big move for Snoop. But do you think, do you guys agree with that? Is, is TDE a more refined version of what Death Row was? Mary, I'll come to you first. Well, I think let's analyze this, right? Mm-hmm. I don't quite see the correlation. I feel like... I feel like Death Row was, I don't know, would never be duplicated um, for a lot of reasons, right? Who should then if we're if we're saying that they're kind of modeled after? You know what I mean? Like, Suge made Death Row to me anyway. Yeah. I mean, yes, he had legendary talent, but his ass was Death Row. <laughs> he, he he made that label Death Row, like for real. So. Yeah. I feel like without the sugar, it's hard to say. Like, I don't, unless, tell me if I'm missing something. Like, who would be the sugar? I, I, I think it's more of um, the, the group, roster. The, yeah, the roster in general. Okay. And I agree with both, though. I agree what he said before and after because, no, they're not the death row because that was a different time period mm-hmm. and different content. Right. Uh, but they are better than Death Row because they're able to stick together long term. Yeah. You know okay. what I mean? So I can see it. And being a, that it's a, uh, a record label that's based from L.A., it's always going to be compared right. to Death Row. Uh, but no, Death Row is, I mean, you with all the trouble that surrounded Death Row in the past and the present, we is it is Death Row because of what happened. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with all that shenanigans and all that BS and all the personal stories behind it, if that doesn't happen, we don't get death row. If he don't go out and bail Pac out, we don't get death row. You know what I mean? If this nigga don't hang oh, yeah. people over the balcony <laughs> and beat people up for walking on a rug, we don't get death row. Yeah. TDE yeah. is not nowhere near that. They're just strictly content and good music that came from people that we probably wouldn't have given a chance if they would have went to another record label. And I, th- I think it, it definitely resembles Death Row and the talent that's on the roster, but I agree, um, too, in, in the sense that there's never going to be another Death Row. Like, let's just make, like, de- uh, should getting people out of deals and strong-arming people, that's not going to happen in this day and age. Oh, <laughs> but We're not going to see a bad guy like that again. I ever. Think. Yeah, I don't think ever. No. Uh, but in the sense that, like, there's never been a label like TDE, to Baylor's point, too, that sticks together. Like, when... When somebody drops an album on TDE, the fact that they all changed their social media icons to that album cover is is it, it may seem simple, but there's not never been any solidarity like that on in any label or almost any black owned anything period. So like the the camaraderie between um, members of TDE, I don't think will ever be matched again, and it's never it never has been. I think TDE is special in the sense that every member on that label is extremely talented, sometimes maybe even too talented in, like, the sense of an ab soul. But it's like 
I, I don't know. I don't. I don't like getting in comparisons, especially when it crosses generations, because the time and the era are so different that it can't really be compared. Right. That's like when uh, our last show when we talked about who who would um would be you know that that personality on Twitter back yeah. in the day. Can you picture Suge Knight being on Twitter? Oh, he would have been arrested way earlier. Yeah. Oh man, come on, come yeah. on. And then like like that, I said, you can't. <laughs> you can't have a death row. You can't have a death row of the future, not with social media. Yeah. And shout out to Ray J because I heard he' supposed to be bringing it back. That's not gonna fly. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it's just let it go. Like some things just need go. to need to let it go. And like death row had its time, but like these these cats nowadays, like the name recognition in death row for these young people, I don't even think would be the same. But at the same time, you don't even want that stigma that's that's involved with the name of Death Row. I wouldn't, so. Hot topic, though. Hot topic, though. We could we could have for next week the dopest hip-hop chain. Not even the dopest. I take that back. The most iconic record oh, label well, chain. Yeah, that's Death Row for sure. Oh, it could be. Hey, come on. Uh, I don't, don't. Uh, Rockefeller got no something way. to say about that. Yeah. No yeah. Limit got something to say about that. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That that may be an interesting conversation. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna get into our first break. Uh damn it, my voice keeps going in and out. We're gonna get into our first break. We'll be right back after this with talking about Wu Tang and Power. And I know the heat is coming this week. We'll be right back after this. Welcome to Technical File, the sports podcast you never knew you needed. It's your boy, T-I-M-K-I-N-Z, the number three, a.k.a. Go, go, Power Ranger. Yeah, this is the Black Ranger. It's me, a.k.a. Mr. Give It To Me. It's Ash Ketchum in his bed. <laughs> I am the Eric J. Only known as. The Eric J. And I'm Camille, point guard of the crew, the real-life Tifa Lockhart, the girl next door. You know, holding it down for all the women who love sports. And it's your boy, K. Harris, the gentleman. The gentleman. the gentleman. Also known as K. Diddy. Take that, take that. But better known as the people's Jabroni. <laughs> and that's us. I mean, we four friends coming together every week to talk about the biggest stories in sports with our own flair to it. Let me tell you, you ain't never heard a sports podcast that's entertaining before. Damn straight. So check us out every Wednesday. Get at us. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so we are back. And this time we're going to be doing a full series recap on Wu-Tang and American Saga. And what I will say, I'm just going to start this one off. That finale, I need these new episodes ASAP. That's all I'll say. Like, like it, it was like the time jumps was a little bit, I think, confusing for me at first to kind of figure out. Like, it took me like maybe a scene or two to figure out what they were doing. And they had never really done anything like that. So that's what bothered me a little bit. But overall, like where they ended the season at. I kind of like the whole fact that we were going back and forth between time periods then because it made it, it was a powerful way to end it. But still, I, I had my issues there. Uh, Mary, we always come to you first when we're talking about Wu-Tang and American Saga because we know this is this is you. So what, what did you think about the finale in the series overall? So as an avid defender, lover, fan, super fan, brethren of I will say that this series thus far has been beautifully illustrated. I mean, the details are great, and you really, I mean, RZA took his time with this one to make sure you really saw the, the full picture as a, a viewer. But I must say, and you know, I'm nothing if I'm not fair. I'm like an asshole, equal opportunity, whatever. <laughs> um, if I were not already a fan of the Wu, I think I would have hopped off this. Oh, no. damn. Because it's like, they're still not fucking woo. <laughs> we, 
We're down a season, and they're basically, it still has not come together. And, like, even, I mean, listen, it was beautiful to watch them drop some, like, you know, verses from, it was beautiful, but I know what's coming, and so do you guys, so we're a bit of a biased audience, right? Like, mm -hmm. we're still like, nah, we're gonna stick this shit out, we're waiting that we see them drop in the studio, and you know what I mean? Like, we know the iconic, legendary shit, but I'm thinking, like, my daughter watching this, and she might even be a little biased, and she's from Staten Island, and, you know, she, uh, Method Man's son is her classmate, so, you know what I'm saying? It's a little different. Oh, damn. Um, but, like, I'm thinking a kid in fucking Nebraska or wherever that would be watching this, it would be like, they would have already hopped off, I think. It's taking too long for someone who is not already invested to the good stuff. <laughs> I don't know if y'all will be or not, but... Well, I mean, my thing is, is that it is the average person who's watching this who's not a huge Wu-Tang fan, are they in a rush to get to the music? Are, are they interested in seeing the story of how the, this group got together? For me, yeah, I am jaded because I, I do want to see them as a crew. I do want to see them creating that music because that's that's nostalgic to me. But I'm thinking of the sense of, like, my 13-year-old my son watching this, is he, as, is he more engaged in this story because... He doesn't know it, so I I don't know I I can't I don't have that point of view to really give that perspective. I can say that there have been times absolutely where I'm like just get to the music, but I've I've slowed down and tried to appreciate it for what it is. Um, but again, well, like, not even but but it's not even just get to the music. I mean, yes, obviously we like just get to the music, but it's more like let you guys come together in a group already. Like I feel like the seeds are definitely there now, but it's still not. It, it still hasn't really taken off. Yeah. There's still people missing. <laughs> it's like, I know, I would have imagined. Like, how many seasons are they trying to get out of this? It's, and I'm here for every last one of them, so don't get it twisted. But, but, again, I'm trying to take my closeness to the situation out of it. And it's like, yeah, I don't know how long I'd hang on for, like, the story to actually take off. It still feels like we're leading up to this. You know what I mean? By the end of the first season, you should kind of be... I feel like the establishment isn't really there yet. But go ahead, Baylor. <laughs> Do yeah. you agree? I'm, I'm totally the opposite. I'm way okay. on the opposite side because when I first started to listen to Wu-Tang and watch the videos and stuff like that, they were already filthy. So when me, by me knowing that part of the history, I already know what's coming. You know what I'm saying? I know what songs that they're going to make in the future. The thing is, I take, like, that shit feel good when I know the origin of each background. So that's going to make me go back and be like, damn, when they made this song, this nigga was shooting at this nigga. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. And, and the thing is... Yeah. True. All True. the all the episodes, like you said, are so detailed, and and he took his time to craft every character and every scene. That shit is dope. And so I did see a lot of people say, "Yo, they dragging this out too long." But it's like, no, I need this because me being a creator and me watching movie a lot of movies and a lot of series, I could point out a lot of shit that they miss, even if I don't even know the history like that. But when you come back and you see these interviews and things like that, you're like, yo, that wasn't in the flick. That wasn't there. That wasn't there. Um, he, it seems like he's addressing everything right now, putting it out on the table. Nobody has come out and said they don't like their character. This is not true. So I'm like, look, I mean, if it's more to tell. Now, don't get me wrong. Second season, I need every bit of that Wu-Tang, you know, to come together. 
But right now, I'm not mad. When we look back at it, if they do reach a third season, which I'm not sure how that's going to happen, but if they, you know, <laughs> if it cuts off at the second season or if it reaches the third season, we're going to look back and be like, yo, this shit started off dope. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a lot. Man, I would say 70 to 80% of what has happened within these episodes, I had no clue of. I right. had no clue that, that Raekwon and uh, Ghostface was at it, at each other's neck like that. I had zero clue. And, and you can't tell by yeah. the project that they're putting out together. I mean, they, have you the, would think, they may have the best one-on-one chemistry out of anybody in Wu-Tang. And I wouldn't hey, have known that if I didn't watch these episodes. I would have thought these niggas was brothers that grew up from Yay High. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Listen, I'm not knocking... <laughs> Yeah. No, but like you're I, right, though. If you pick somebody from Nebraska, yeah, Nebraska might tap out. <laughs> but California, as, as, quiet, as quiet as kept, as quiet as kept, I've heard a few New Yorkers say this, but California and New York, we're like distant cousins that still need to learn about each other and that adore each other right. from a distance, you know? What I will say, one of true, my critiques... They, they left us wanting more, for yeah. sure. Right. I mean, I guess to kind of piggyback on your point, the way that it ended, it definitely is like, where's our next one at? I'm curious to see if there's any numbers for season two, episode one, once that drops. Yeah. Because, yeah. My my biggest critique from this show. I interrupted you. You're fine. You're fine. Uh, In this episode. The actor who plays uh, Rizza, while he he's a great actor, he I don't need to see any more scenes of him trying to rap. That's the worst the worst part of his acting is him is him mouthing this like he he obviously has not ever like you know how we've all tried to spit a bar from time to time. I don't think he ever has because that was the most awkward shit I've ever seen in my life. Like it just didn't look right. Like please don't rap no no more. Or maybe he needs to get a coach. Between this season and the next one, he may he may actually start rapping because. The scene with him with him rapping, I just, I'm just looking at it and like it just it didn't. I, why? Like it just didn't even yeah. feel right. It didn't <laughs> feel right. So. Uh, well, you know what scared me too, um, Dennis. Dennis, the the act, and he's done a great job, right? But mm-hmm. it's like impossible to get ghost voice cadence, all that, and like. I think that in the few verses that he's spit, it's like he, he they must have told him don't even try because <laughs> it's like him spitting and it isn't bad, but it ain't ghost. So then again, things that we know because we're fans, you know what I'm saying? But like from Nebraska wouldn't pick that up. <laughs> I was like, shit, you know, he sounds nothing like ghost. But I, I mean, aside from that, I do think he's doing a great job. So I don't want to, you know what I mean? Shit on the kid. But these dudes are easy easy to emulate so let's start with that i guess <laughs> like that should be so i feel that i feel that <laughs> um well that's it unless anyone else has anything left on wu-tang uh baylor did you get to say everything that you wanted to say i feel like me and mary both kind of stepped on you at different points in time no let's get to the shit you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> all right cool so let's get into power in the finger push that was heard around the fucking world Oh, um, man. <laughs> that was better. I ain't going to lie. That felt better than me imagining her dying. I'm like, oh, my God. Thank you, Ghost. That's the best thing you did all goddamn season. And listen, so the the fact that people, like, jumped on him. Listen, if you had my 13-year-old son selling drugs, the the least that I may do to you is put my finger in your face. The least. 
But with that being said, the story in this episode, it's all coming down around ghosts. Really, the whole basis of it is that everyone is now against ghosts. Uh, they said there's going to be a big death in season, uh, I mean, in episode 10, which is the last episode we're getting before an extended break. I don't think they're coming back till January. Um, but I think I have a few theories and we can talk about them as they go, but I don't I don't think Ghost is going to die. Um, so I guess we'll also talk about who we think is going to die because somebody's dying in this in, the, in episode 10. But what did you guys think about the episode overall, Baylor? I'll come to you first. Um, you know what? I finally realized, and I think you may have brought it up before, that pisses me off about the whole the whole franchise in general is that I understand when you're making a when you're making a movie or you're making a, a TV show that you have to draw it out, but it kills me that the lack of common sense these niggas have to just actually sit down and talk. Yeah, like because I mean they really <laughs> he really believes that. Ghost killed Keisha. Like it, nothing else can convince him that he didn't do it. Wow. But nobody could just sit there and talk. Nobody. So um, overall, like we already said it, we knew bodies was about to hit the floor. Yeah. You know, it was just who's going to hit the floor. Um, and you know, I, I ain't gonna lie, I was sad when my boy, uh, what's my guy Daddy. name? Is it? Daddy. Yeah, that hurt. Yeah. They had Benny like, go out like God. such a chump too. But like you're supposed to be. Roll up solo. Yo, there's all kinds of rules that keep getting broken. And Benny rolling up Dolo, number one. Number two, why? Where's the security at Truth? It's like, dude, stay running up on on Ghost at the bar. <laughs> and he keep like, and he um, keep offering them free drinks. Yourself at security, right? <laughs> That and then like know. Ghost Apartment too. People just like he's changed access to it like three or four times. Yet uh nostrils just rolling. Like why why would nostrils have access to Ghost Apartment? Can I say this? Um I'm not sure if anybody has smelt the dead body before. Uh but I have. How does yeah. yeah. I don't know how a trunk can't contain that type not of smell. Yeah. I'm sorry. It cannot. Yeah. yeah. But you know, I get it. What do you do? You think that so them finding Terry Silver's body in the phone? What that's my theory. I think that that like they're gonna find that phone and it's actually gonna implicate Tasha because if you remember, Ghost texted T Terry Silver to meet him there from Tasha's phone. It's not even gonna implicate Ghost. I think so too. I agree. But what my theory is that the next move is gonna be made by Tariq. Mm. I think so. I don't know if he's gonna. He might kill Tommy and then end up killing Ghost. Maybe not in in the same episode, but ultimately. And then that's the spinoff that you've been envisioning. I think Tyreek is going to die. Um, you think so? Yeah. Yeah, I was pushing for him to be the spinoff, but I think I think he's going to die. I think, I'm done with you now you just totally flipped on me i did he gotta you go sure you ain't been talking to the feds too <laughs> oh i hey i i'm for sure with six nine i'm telling on everybody if i'm <laughs> i'm telling you know what's funny no, um i can't what if, what if what if and this just I, I haven't thought about this so i'm pissing this together now we keep thinking that tyreek's gonna be the spinoff what if cash is actually the spinoff the main character of the spinoff. He now goes to live with his dad, whose dad's apparently in life too. He's lost his mom. 
That would, could be a hell of a story. Now, the kid who plays Cash is a terrible actor, so they'd have to recast him. But what if it's not Tariq? What if Tariq does die and his Cash is in the spinoff? I don't think Cash is significant enough for them to make a spinoff about him. But they would have to they would have to play a lot of uh, old clips of him actually being in a scene somewhere that we didn't see him. Makes sense. Because I don't see a, I don't see a lot of character development with him. Okay. Mm-mm. But Tariq man the fuck up. Finally, and I couldn't even be mad at him this episode. I was not mad at him at all in the end of this episode because you push my mama, I'm fucking you up. Oh, I'm. Damn, I hate to sound like this, but I'm on go side. Damn, okay. I'm on go side. Right? First of all, first of all, I like put you, boy, please. I put you in a position so you wouldn't have to do the shit that I no, have to do. No, and yeah, I, and don't talk to me that way. And your mama tried to is is it encouraging encouraging you to drag you into the game? So yeah, I'm gonna take these two fingers and I'm gonna push her forehead in <laughs> so hard. You know what I mean? And I get it. Um, I'm not. Yeah, I'm no. not. Yeah, he hemmed her ass up against that refrigerator so Boy. hard. Right. That shit was hilarious. So, I don't know. I the- mean, listen, I understand where Tariq was coming from, but I also as if definitely would probably have ended Tariq that night <laughs> if he talked to me like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. give a fuck. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 For like real. we talked about communication. How much of the problems in the show would go away if people just learned to communicate? But how many problems in the show would have went away if they just beat Tariq's ass? Like if you would have just beat right. his ass the very first time, this shit would have half the problems in this season wouldn't even be a fucking thing. Um, <laughs> but you know what though? On a, on a serious note, when we look at it, we're looking at it from the from the fans' point of view. Mm-hmm. But if you really put your kid in those shoes. It'd probably be a little difficult for you to say, like, I'll sock my son in the chest. No, it's not. I tell my son every day, I wish you would. Now that he's taller than me, I tell him every day I will still fuck you up just to let him know that it's still possible. But no, I'm saying to the point where Ghost was talking to him like he was like, like at the point where he would kill him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I'm okay. Uh, yeah. I'm okay. I'm okay with leg dropping. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay with leg dropping your kid and throwing him out the ring and stuff like that. But Ghost looks like he's at the point where, man, he's gonna have to kill everybody because yeah. everybody's after him. Yeah, everybody. So by the end of this episode, Sax and the cops are back on Ghost because they were on Tommy for a minute. They're back focused on Ghost. Tommy's on Ghost. Tasha's turned on Ghost. Tariq's turned on Ghost. Dre's on Ghost. Everybody is against Ghost. Oh, uh, Tate, Councilman Tate's against Ghost. The only Ghost person killed go- the main connect. The only person he killed Jason. The only person that's really in Ghost Corner is the uh, the politician lady, the black lady. Like that's really it. And so it's gonna be interesting mm. to see how he gets himself out of and this. She just wants to own. Yeah, she, she just, just wants, wants to dick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, what did you guys think about Jason finally being taken out? Like this motherfucker's been in their th- uh, uh, thorn in their side. Since season, like, towards the end of season three, I think, is when he first started popping up. So, like, what do you think about yeah. Ghost's whole plan to take him out? Because it w- it's been a minute since we've seen Ghost think like this and plan something like this. So, I, it was refreshing to me to finally see this version of Ghost back doing plans and executing them. Um, but I don't know. It just sucked to see him go out that way a little bit. Somebody who's been annoying for that long, but... What do you guys think? Now me, I stopped breathing. <laughs> I stopped breathing when that nigga was getting choked. I was like, damn, I could really, I feel ghost on that one. Yeah. <laughs> he choked the shit out of his ass. Yeah. When I started seeing his sweater turn yeah, a different about, color, I was like, oh, God, damn. Yeah. Had to go. Yeah. I, 
was a good decision. Aren't we awful? <laughs> yeah, we're terrible. We're terrible. Hey, but but, I'm wondering but... if this. <laughs> I'm wondering if this the, him sticking it on Dre is gonna stick though, right? Mm. I mean, he did a good job of it, but, but I don't know. I mean, Ghost is really in the position. Go ahead. Sacks. Can we talk about him for a second? I need to like, see that motherfucker die. It's like, nigga, you don't even have a job. Like, what the fuck? Hold on. You're just fiending now. Like, I want Sacks to accidentally die, like get hit by a bus. Me too. They should have marked him back when they had the plastic bag over his head. Like, for real. You know what I think would be a worse ending for Sacks, just because of the type of character he is, is actually for him to go to jail and be in jail for with life. people that he locked up. Right. Yep. Like, yeah, so hopefully that happens. Well, listen, Blanca, whatever her name is, is not really Team Sacks either. I'm sure yeah, she's she'll sneaky. have something. Yeah. yeah. She'll probably end up getting him locked up. She's sneaky cute, too. <laughs> you so silly. She she has this way of talking, though, where she doesn't open her mouth all the way when she talks, and it bothers me. Because that's... she's trying to have a New York accent, and it's awful. Okay. Mm, that that explains it. There you go. That explains it. Officer, like, just stop. <laughs> Last last that, thing. That's the name of this episode. Just stop. Just stop. Yeah, there you go. Cause yeah, the next thing we're talking about is definitely gonna be just stop. Um, <laughs> so the last yeah. thing, uh, the big three are they all? Or do we see them all coming out of episode ten? Tommy, Tasha, Ghost. Do any three of them die? Any one of the three of them die at the end? Of, at the end of episode ten? I say no. Tasha may die. The series doesn't really need her. Yeah. Yeah, I think Tasha Tasha died. Ghost really gonna be on the run. I think Tasha dies. I think Tommy kills Tasha, and I think that sets up the last five because there's only five episodes when we come back for it to be Tommy trying to kill Ghost, Tariq trying to kill Tommy, maybe even both of them, and Ghost just trying to reconnect with the son. Like it, it, I don't know. I think I really think that Tasha's reached the end of what she needs to do. I, I and there's so much between Tommy and Ghost. I, I see that whatever happens between them being the final episode of this of the series but tasha can go i just don't think there's any any of she's already admitted to Tariq to tip to killing keisha like it's it's no point of her staying around mm, i agree all right well what we all came here for what i know you guys probably been waiting for us to talk about jesus is king by kanye west come on <laughs> I'm gonna head out now. All right, I'm gonna head out. <laughs> all right, so I I, I I tried. I listened to this album two times all the way through. The first time, I was just interested to see where the hell it was gonna go. The second mm-hmm. time, I really wanted to listen deeper, and it was hard as fuck. What I will say about this album, I'll talk about the positive first. There is some great production stuff on this album. There's some great choir moments on this album. There's some things from some a few standpoints that are decent. But however, this shit is garbage. It is hot shit. I don't know what the fuck Kanye was smoking. You get the clips back together and you put them on a song with Kenny fucking G. And the sad part is that's the only track I like. That's the only one that I like. When Kenny G came in... <laughs> You fucking right, and you can't even say it because it's a gospel song. Yeah, I can't even say that because it's a gospel song. But my rant is more towards it has nothing to do with Kanye, has nothing to do with his project. It has to do with his fans because you niggas is lying. 
The fact that y'all niggas sit up here and 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 baby this nigga every project, every rant, every tweet this nigga do, y'all niggas try to justify it. But at the same time, y'all the same niggas that only got two fucking gospel tracks in y'all library. Now all of a sudden, this nigga has the best album. Uh, I mean, the best gospel album that has ever come out. You niggas is lying. Y'all scared to tell y'all heroes that they doing the fucked up shit is wrong. Yeah. It's not good. It's not. It's basic. It's basic gospel music with a choir behind it. And all he's doing is using Jesus' word to lure you niggas in. Now, don't get me wrong. The message could be powerful, but the nigga is doing this shit on purpose. And y'all niggas is, oh, why, man, this shit getting on my nerves, bro. <laughs> this shit is getting on my nerves. I never, I thought, I thought 6ix9ine had an annoying fan base. I thought Drake had an annoying fan base. Kanye has the worst fan base and Beyonce. Yeah, Beyonce. I'm not even mad at the goddamn Beehive anymore. <laughs> Kanye fan base is the worst I've ever heard of. The worst. Yeah. Well, shit. After his third album, <laughs> I cut that nigga off. The other projects that he had was solid. Don't get me wrong, but they wasn't for me. His first three projects, classics. Matter of fact, I'm probably the first one to say that he's the first one to have a back-to-back-to-back classic. But after that, you can toss that shit out the window. All of it. And I'm sorry, Lord. I know he used your name. I'm not standing next to that nigga. Whew. Um, I agree though. I think like when you especially when you mentioned his first three albums, all classics in my book, um, if nobody else's, and he was looked at as the person who was bringing real hip hop back. And look how far we fucking fallen. Um, but Mary, your thoughts. I, I keep bringing the heat. <laughs> Mom, I have two words to sum up Jesus is King. Holy shit. <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's, that's what that shit was. Well, we're going to have to pray when we get off this call. <sighs> I know. So, what I will say, and I agree with you on the production. There definitely was some, t- I mean, but that's what he really is, right, mm-hmm. Kanye? Like, so you expect nothing less. I mean, I think it would have also helped if he didn't try to sing so much. Like, it was just bad. Like, bruh, no. Like, didn't even give us an auto-tune to help, <laughs> to help it out. It's just, like, really bad, like, fifth-grade singing, like, in, you know, music class type shit. Like, it was bad. Um, but what I know notice and what I reflected upon so much like you guys I'm a huge 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 fan of the quote unquote old Kanye right like I mean I'd say even the first four albums I was heavy into still are on heavy road um but when I go back and think of the breadcrumbs for Jesus here all along at least one track if not more than one and even the interludes and skits on every album he ever had, references the devil, Satan, Satan, Satan. <laughs> I mean, I like every album has references. So I don't know. I'm like Kanye's mind fascinates me as much of as much as as not a fan of the current him I am. I I, I want this album. A lot of it probably was shit that was like throwaways from the old shit, and he just added some features or a thing or two. I don't know. Well, what better way to connect to your people than to go to church route? But he's been doing this all along, though. I'm telling you. But with revisit, and you will hear all of the reference, the biblical Jesus 
references. I get Christian that. references yeah. in every album. I get that, but we it's, have a lot of rappers like now that reference. Surrendered to it, but right, I know. But I'm saying, you know, like in the way that he's. I mean, look, one of his first hits was "Jesus Walks," right? Which yeah. he's now resurfacing, and it was dope. The little, did you see that? The with it, he had the choir and the airplane with the British dude who I love, whose name is escaping me. Who does carpool karaoke? No. <laughs> oh yeah, I, know that, I yeah. just saw it today. It was it was dope. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like in a way, it's really strange. Like I'm wondering if he always had this from the beginning. Like I'm gonna do a, a, an entire gospel album one day. Yo, if he feels that way, that's fine. I like I said, my argument is more towards the fans because I have a Fred Hammond track. I got a Marvin Sapp track. I got a few Christian hip hop tracks. I don't play them every right. day. So the level of hypocrisy of people going around saying, well, this this album is dope. No, it's not, nigga. No, it's not. I mean, Kanye, I mean, Kanye is dope. No, it's, it's not. And I'm not into gospel at all whatsoever, not even a little bit. Like, my only exposure is fucking Kirk Franklin Stomp. Like, so, so, um, but this is bad no matter what. I think they what they're applauding is... The fact that he's trying to shine a light on their... So, I guess I got... But, yes, it was a very bad album. Like, terrible, horrible. Like, he should be ashamed bad, honestly. He said so he I wasn't agree. going to make secular music anymore, yet he got the clips on there. He's using secular artists. You know, Ty Dolla Sign is on there. Right. Uh, I don't want to hear none of them right. secular beats that you make, either. Because that production was fire. Right. Uh, <laughs> I... I, just, I I don't know what's next for Kanye. Like, it, honestly, at this point, it's like, it's. Oh, I know what's next. What's He's that? gonna be a preacher. He's gonna be a preacher. He's gonna be the Reverend Kanye West. Watch. See it. Watch. He start he his own church. He, he does. Like, what, I mean, like if you guys <laughs> seen any of the video from Sunday service, he definitely thinks he's a preacher. So that doesn't even surprise me. Um, maybe, maybe he'll buy a church in Atlanta and take over method Mason Bethier's, um, but nothing, that's another story for another day. Like this <laughs> overall with this album, well, go ahead. I don't remember that track that he called Mace out on. Yeah. He was like, don't leave when you're hot. That's what Mace did. And then he said, but maybe Mace will pray for, for us. It was some shit. You don't remember? I think but, it was devil in a new off of that track. Anyway, <laughs> so that would be really weird, but yeah. It, it, it wouldn't at this point nothing would surprise me just imagine going to a church that Kanye West is the pastor at and Kim Kardashian is your first lady <laughs> <laughs> oh man you know what we had we, we had another topic but I'm gonna save it for next week because I just I don't even want to bring that positivity into into us talking about this Kanye shit, or unless you guys do, you guys want to talk about the the last topic we had? You want to save it for next week? Unless you want to end on a good note. <laughs> Fuck it, let's talk about it. So we'll be right back after this break with our last topic. Yo, this your boy Flaw Seven Hundred. What's good, everybody? It's your guy Fresco, and we are the, the podcast, podcast brothers. Dig? Yeah. Hey, what is our show about? Actually, our show is about a little bit of everything, man. It's not just one thing, but it's a little bit of this. Right. It's a like a little oh. bit of that. Oh my goodness, no. You like that song? No, not from you. What song is that? I don't know. It don't matter. It. it doesn't matter what song that is. <laughs> well, that's what our show is about. It's about two brothers kicking the shit. Real life real brothers. Real life brothers. Obviously not by choice. 
And if you know how our brothers get down, you know how we give it up. We don't agree on nothing. And that's what it's like on a podcast show. It makes for a healthy debate, makes for good dialogue, and it keeps the the listener interested as well because it's real brotherly shit. Episodes drop every Sunday. Every Sunday, every platform, you can get a podcast that the podcast brothers is dead. You dig? Chill. All right, so you know we like I I like leaving y'all for, with something to think on. I like catching people off guard. So, in just doing this, I asked myself, why aren't there more female producers in hip hop? And ju- and not even just currently, like in the history of hip hop, not that many female producers. Um, I mean, I I struggle to think of more than maybe two. What about you guys? It's a double standard. They don't give a women a lot of credit. Uh, it, same thing with sports. Same thing with the corporate. Um, you know, side of town, like they don't feel like they can do a greater job as male producers. It's a, just a bunch of bullshit. The, the, the days and times are changed, and you know, like I, like you said, you can name about two. I'm pretty sure within the next shit, even this year, you, they could take off. You know what I mean? But you know, back in the day, you know how it was. You know, we ran everything, including being an MC, uh, including you know sports. That's just how it is. The NBA compared to the WNBA. There is no female football um, uh, sport. Um, you know, until one of these one of these ladies in Olympics or the women's soccer team start dominating shit, that's the way they get their respect. So, you know, it's just us being assholes. That's it. Yeah. Only one that I can think of, like, as far as new edition uh, female producers is Wonder Girl, who produced Crown for Jay-Z. Other than that, I really don't know any other current female producers. Mary, what do you think about the topic? I mean, I think it's everything Baylor said. Um, current, yeah, I can't really think of many. I met one, don't remember her name, at a music convention probably. Um, Sheila E. was always a huge inspiration for me. Okay. Um, and a little secret is if I had to do all over again, I would, would have been a producer. I actually was thinking that to myself after listening to Whack Ass Jesus. It's <laughs> <laughs> weird you brought that up. But, I mean, there aren't many opportunities. Like, they don't really steer you into that as a woman, just like Baylor said, right? Like, the dream is always like, oh, either you're going to be a singer or a backup dancer or, you know, back in the day, a video ho. Like, that's kind of, those were the options. So you didn't really find some women that were in the street. I mean, even women DJs are, you know, paling in comparison to the the number of men counterparts there are. So I mean, come on, Spinderella is the top of the, is the top of the top. And then after that, you could just guess. Yeah. Yeah. Not much. So yeah. And and the, and the sad part is the sad part is how many how many female producers is out there that we've heard that we've heard their their creation, but somebody else took the credit for. Mm. Yeah. And that we'll probably never know about. Yeah. It's 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 just, it's so weird because like as we're you know getting I mean, a hot girl, life. hot girl summer and and female in hip hop is just on a rise, but. We need more female producers. And for anyone who's listening, if you guys know some female producers that we aren't aware of, definitely point us in the direction of their work so we can take a listen to it and we can talk about it on this platform because nobody really talks about it. So just it's it's weird. It definitely is a double standard in hip hop overall. But, you know, ageism and sexism are definitely things throughout the, the history of hip hop that, you know, hopefully we can we can course correct as we go forward. Yep. Sad part about it is. You could you can see it in like in the, in R and B like 
we will we will use and I mean it's it's not to just single it single them out but I mean the some of the greatest R and B tracks and, and some of the greatest R and B albums came from the pain of some of these women. Yeah. So if they could sit up there and make these tracks, they definitely could produce these goddamn albums from their pain alone. That's true. That's true. I mean, it recently came out too that I I, I don't know if anybody knew this. Everybody acts surprised by it, but like um, Mariah Carey produced most of her first couple albums herself. Did, never knew that before like six months ago when she mentioned it. So, you know, there definitely are female producers out there that we just aren't aware of. So Missy Elliott? Oh, well, we all know Missy Elliott. Come on. That, that's the one The one that I mentioned. I think that's that's the one that everybody knows for sure. But but this is the point, though. Until we started to hear all these accolades that she was receiving, mm-hmm. we didn't know. Uh, well, at least I didn't. I didn't know all the projects that she had worked on prior to her getting all this love. Yeah. So Let's give people their flowers while we're here. Let's stop waiting until they're at the end of the career to acknowledge these feats that they're doing. So, like I said, if you guys know any female producers that we aren't aware of, hit us up. You guys know where to send send the information to. If not, we'll give it at the end of this podcast. But if there's nothing left, people, go ahead and leave them with any parting words in your social media. It's on you, Mary. Well, I have a parting. I have a follow-up from last week's Okay. episode so you know how we were saying that pharrell is like the greatest of all time yeah yes because we did say that yes um <laughs> well i discovered after that conversation that pharrell also produced rump shaker and that, that made me yes that that was my reaction as well wow <laughs> so that's the crazy part is i knew i knew that but i didn't bring it up i didn't know that and to me, that sounds unlike anything else he's ever done. Yeah, fucking crazy. That's wild. Wow. Right? Well, it's not fair because he's a vampire, so. Mm. Oh, just stop being a hater. Just. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you can find me at Miss Mary Almonte across all social media. Just everyone. That's not part of my name. <laughs> <laughs> But just stop. There you go, Baylor. Uh, at Baylor the Great on all social media platforms. And you can also find me praying my sins away tonight because I use Jesus' name. <laughs> Kanye used Jesus' name. We all did. Oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, I, I got nothing. Like we laid it all out this episode. We'll we'll catch you guys next week when we talk about the uh not finale of power, but like the f- final episode before the break. But you guys can follow me at CEO Hayes at CEO H A I Z E. You can follow us collectively at the Breaks Radio. And then lastly, you can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns to the Breaks Radio at gmail.com. We are the number one hip hop podcast around, period point blank, and we are out. Peace. Help me. 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 Help me.
looking for help, hoping to reach their happiness. Nah, that they seem far away, so they imagining. Ah, uh, out of your grass, feeling like life don't matter at all. Uh, you black, don't got time to collapse when backs against wall. Only could help myself, the fam, a few of my dogs. Look at the block that raised me, wish I could save them all. That's when you call, Lord, help me come get involved. It cost me my peace of mind, these problems I couldn't solve. Yeah, I'm living on the edge right now. Thoughts going through my head right now. Whatever you hold, need it in my hands right now. One grand, ten grand, fifty grand, hundred bands right now. Run it, ran. You don't understand right now. My niggas, we need the whole entree. Your hunger needs to be fed right now. For what it's worth, nothing to lose is nothing worth.